If you would open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, we are in chapter 22. Genesis 22, this is God's word. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. 
We read this story, we hear this story, and it is unimaginable to us that God would test his servant Abraham in this way. How how could God do this? We we just can't imagine. Neither could Abraham. It was unthinkable. So was having Isaac. Offering him up just seemed unthinkable. But his very birth was unthinkable. It was a miracle. God had given a miracle child, and now God is asking that Abraham offer him back to God as a sacrifice. God tested Abraham. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So God told him the region to go to, and he said, I'm going to show you the exact place. Now, why is God doing this? Well, that place is identified for us in 2 Chronicles chapter 3. It is where the Dome of the Rock sits now in Jerusalem. It is there where the temple was built. It is there in that place, not the spot where the Dome of the Rock is, but there in Jerusalem that God would have his special meeting place with his people. And it is there that God would offer up his son, his only son, as the perfect sacrifice that takes away our sin. God had promised that there was one who would go before him announcing and preparing the way, and that was John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist introduced his cousin Jesus, he introduced him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the sacrifice that God provided. All these other sacrifices pointed to him. Everything else was leading up to the event where God's only son would be the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, who bears the punishment that we have earned through our sin. Abraham didn't know that. Abraham simply did what God told him. When God told him this, early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey 
and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. That's obedience. And that is what faith looks like. When the Bible talks about the faith of Abraham, you're seeing it right there. It's not just an intellectual belief. Yeah, I I believe that. It's believing God, trusting God, obeying God. James says if we say that we have faith, but we don't manifest it in the way that we live, then our faith isn't the real thing. It's dead faith. We talk sometimes about being yielded to the Lord, surrendered to Him. Well, that's displayed in obedience. If I were to say, uh, Caden, I want you to go down to the dining hall and get me a glass of water because for some peculiar reason I just don't want to drink this this morning. Um, I want you to do that. And Caden says, yes, whatever you say. And just sits there. And I say, Caden, I want water from the dining hall in a cup. And Caden says, yes, I am surrendered to your will. Your wish is my command. I will do as you say. And just sits there. There's a famous expression among my children because of something I said on at least one occasion, and it was memorable to them. I had given instruction, and I waited for the response. And I didn't see obedience. And so my statement was, I don't see movement. You see, they were doing something else. They hadn't said no. They said, yes, sir. But they weren't doing what I said. I don't see movement. Yieldedness is not a matter of saying, thy will be done, and then not doing his will. Obedient faith, the faith of Abraham, is a matter of trust and obey. Some of us are old enough to remember a song. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. If you trust, you obey. If you don't obey, it's an indication that you don't really trust him. So I just want to ask you, how are you doing in the faith department? How's your trust level with God? There have been times in my life when, by God's grace, I was trusting and obeying. When the Lord told me 
that we were to leave Mississippi and move to Massachusetts, where we were going from the least expensive state in the country to the most expensive state in the country. Massachusetts was known back then as Taxachusetts. And not only would we be going from low cost of living to high cost of living, where literally the prices were higher. Now, they, we couldn't imagine back then how high prices would be today. But it was a big change from Mississippi. And I was taking a pay cut. Not only would it be more expensive to live there, but I'd have less income. And the weather in Mississippi was sometimes unpleasantly hot. But the weather in Massachusetts could be unbearably cold. I knew this because I graduated from college in Massachusetts. And I really was not eager to go back. But God said to go. And God said that we'd be working at Gordon College. And Gordon College had said, we'll let you know within the month if you got the job. And it was now several months later with no contact from Gordon College. And so we went to Miss, from Mississippi over to Houston to say goodbye to my wife's parents. And when it was time to leave her parents and head up through North Carolina to say goodbye to my parents on our way to Massachusetts, we'd already taken half our belongings to Massachusetts and put them in storage. My wife asked a very intelligent question. She said, what are we going to do? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, Gordon said that they'd let us know within the month. We haven't heard anything from them, so it looks like we didn't get the job. What, what are we going to do? And I said, we're going to go to Massachusetts, and we're going to work at Gordon College, because that's what God said. And if I'm wrong, you can put me in a mental hospital. Because either God told me that, or I'm crazy. I said, are you willing to go with me? She said, I told you when I married you, I'd go wherever you go. So we sat down on the concrete, and we prayed together, and just said, God, we're trusting you. We said amen, and between the time that two young adults in excellent physical condition could go from a sitting position on the driveway to a standing position, between, as we were standing, literally, her mom came to the door and said, Susie, you've got a telephone call. It was Gordon College calling to say we had the job. Now, why would God test us right up to the last moment? I guess so I could tell you this story. He knows what he's doing, but I'll tell you, there have been times in my life when my faith was not displayed like that. And thank God, on more than one occasion, it's been my wife who called me back to trusting God and doing what God says. Because sometimes when I start out seeking to be obedient to the Lord, then things don't go the way that I thought they would because I thought if I do God's will, it's all going to be pretty. It's all going to be nice. It's all going to be pleasant. 
That's crazy because the Bible says that's not the way it is. But I keep thinking, you know. God, I'm doing what you said. And then, phooey. It's not working out like I planned. Not what I envisioned. And God says, your ways are not my ways. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. Turns out God knows best. But more than a few times, I'm sorry to say, because I didn't see things going my way, I've wavered in my faith. I've not trusted God fully. I've not obeyed God diligently. And the mercy and grace of God is that I'm still his child and he's still taking me on a journey to know him better and learn to be more faithful in doing what he says. There have been times when I wept because I didn't want to do what God was telling me to do. But thank God, I did what he told me. And it turned out, as always, he knows best. So, Abraham started out early in the morning. He had to cut the wood himself, which is interesting. He's got a couple of servants with him. But he was personally hands-on involved in doing what God had said needed to be done. He cut enough wood for the burnt offering. And he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. I thought, is this deceit? I mean, I thought you were going to offer him as a burnt offering. You're going to bring back the charred remains of your boy? I mean, what? I don't get it. Well, the Bible tells us how that works. In the book of Hebrews, when it's talking about Abraham, And how he trusted God. Verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. You see, the reason he believed that he and his son would come back is because of what God had said through Isaac. Your descendants will come. Well, how does this work? I'm supposed to kill my son, offer him as a burnt offering, and then he's still going to be the one through whom the descendants come, if God says so. 
whatever God says. And so what did he do? He obeyed. And before he killed his son, the angel of the Lord spoke to him, commanding him not to harm the boy. But what had he said, the prophet Abraham, when his son asked a question? The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Verse 8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. God provided the sacrifice. Can you understand the son's question? They're carrying fire in a container. They've got the wood, but where's the lamb? I mean, the the key ingredient, you you could get wood up on the mountain. Why don't we have the sacrifice with us? God will provide the lamb, Abraham said. And indeed, God provided a ram that was caught in a thicket that Abraham hadn't seen yet. Imagine. If it's hard to imagine Abraham being willing to offer up his son whom he loved, imagine God being willing to offer up his son whom he loved. God the Father spoke from heaven saying of Jesus, this is my loved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus who never sinned like all of us have. Jesus, the only begotten of the Father, God's beloved Son, His only begotten Son, God offered Him there on Mount Moriah in our place. Imagine that. Why would He do that? God is not cruel, but it was the only way that you and I could be saved. Jesus prayed in the garden, Father, if there's any other way, please let this cup pass from me, please. But there was no other way. The only way that you could be forgiven was for someone else to take your punishment. The only way that I could be forgiven was for someone else to bear the wrath that I deserved. I couldn't die for you because I deserved to die. You couldn't die for me because you deserved to die. But Jesus is the one perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He never sinned. He did not deserve to die. 
And therefore, God offered him in our place. Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, verse 14. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Verse 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and hear this, verse 18, through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. How does that happen? We've said before, because God had made a similar promise in the past. The Jews have been a blessing to the whole earth. The advances in medicine, the contributions to the arts, even military advances, all kinds of wonderful ways in which the Jewish people have blessed. But that's not what this is about. One day, around the throne of God, there will be people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation who have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Because of Abraham's obedience, God promises through him to do what God had already ordained from eternity. Jesus is referred to in Scripture as the Lamb who is slain from the foundation of the world. God had already ordained how we would be saved. And Abraham, through his obedience, is getting to be a part of what God does. God doesn't need us. God loves us. And God has chosen to work through us. But let me tell you, God will get things done through his enemies. God will get things done through people who are saying, no, no, I want to do things my way. Classic examples running all through Scripture. One of the most famous is an Egyptian pharaoh who refused to let God's people go, even when God said through Moses, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no. <clears throat> Didn't work out very well for Pharaoh. The Bible not only says that Pharaoh hardened his heart, the Bible also says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why? Because God said, I'm going to display my power and my glory through what happens. He's going to let my people go, but only after a series of things in which God totally discredited and humiliated all the demonic, idolatrous worship of the Egyptians. 
the things that they worship, like the sun and the Nile. God darkened the sun and he turned the river to blood. God displayed his glory. Well, is that, is that really okay for God to show off like that? Yes. Well, it's not okay for, for me to show off, is it? No. Well, how come I can't and God can? Well, because you're not God. And he is. And when God displays his glory, it's a mercy to us because we need to know him and know who he is. And so when he manifests his glory, he is graciously revealing himself to people who spend most of our lives going like this. I don't see anything. I don't don't see anything. I I don't know what you're talking about. I can't understand what you're saying. Jesus said, this is the judgment. The light has come into the darkness and men preferred the darkness because their deeds are evil. God displays his glory and when he opens our eyes to see it, we don't say, we say, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. God promises that through Isaac, the son, the beloved son of Abraham, through the obedience of Abraham's faith, all nations of the earth will be blessed. I don't want you to miss out on that. The Bible says there will be people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. You already quoted that, Pastor. Yeah, but it doesn't say everybody everywhere is going to be saved. Do you understand? There will be people from every ethnicity and every background, but not all people everywhere. In fact, Jesus said there will be many who will say to him in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this and do this and do this and do this? Come on. And he says, I'll say to them, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. Oh, I certainly don't want to be one of those. I don't want you to be one of those. Well, what makes the difference? Faith. Well, what does that look like? Obedience. When God looks, Does he see movement? Are you doing what he says? Are you seeking to obey him? Or are you still saying anything you want and then doing what you please? Let's pray. Father, apart from you, we can do nothing. But we thank you Through Christ Jesus, we can do all things. Lord, we need for you to kindle faith in us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So please give us ears to hear your voice. 
Give us eyes to see the truth. Give us faith to trust you fully. We want to be yours, wholly devoted to you, joyfully doing what you say. Help us to go to your word and discover what you are asking of us. And we will give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.